Well, anybody need a little encouragement today? You need it every day, right? Well, if y'all don't need it, you send it my way. I love encouragement, you know? So I want to encourage you today, and I want to talk a little about, about what we do on Bible study on Tuesday nights. And uh, so this message is kind of adapted from Tuesday night study. So it's a twofer, right? I'm going to show you what some of the things we're doing on Tuesday night. I might want to uh, bring you on out, which is great. But also, it was so good. I said, man, i got to share that with the rest of the home team. So I want to go ahead and uh, jump in on that. So this was actually, like I said, adapted from our Bible study on Tuesday night. And we've been doing a study uh, with Pastor Max Lucado. I don't know if any of y'all heard him. He's a well-known pastor, Bible teacher. And, and I, I really love his teaching because it's all grounded in God's work. You know what I mean? When, when I'm looking at somebody's doing some Bible studies and things as, as we do our own and, and reach out and pull in from other brothers and sisters that have been studying, you always want to make sure that it's built on the Word of God. Not what somebody thinks, what he says, she said. We want the meat. We want to know, okay, why are you saying that? What's going on here? And he does a great job of pulling it all in. So with that being said, uh, usually the setup on Tuesday night is on this particular study. We'll watch a little 10-minute video, and then we'll cut through, open our Bibles, and talk about what we, we had just uh, looked at. And Max was starting out this week, and I thought this was really neat. He started out with a little video, and he said, you know, in Tennessee, uh, if anybody's convicted of drunk driving, the minimum thing that they'll get is three days of an eight-hour shift of community service while wearing this bright orange vest. You see the guys working on the side of the road with that bright orange vest? I want you to get that, that mental image. And on, on the back of that, in four-inch letters, it says, I am a drunk driver. And Wally says, I can understand, you know, the punishment and everything, what they're trying to get. What really clicked with him was many of us as Christians still wear a vest of maybe shame or guilt or things like that. But let me tell you, that's where this whole message of flawless came through. Because I'm going to show you right here with God's word. Well, let me click it one more time, sorry. Isaiah 43, 25. Look at this. It says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. See, a lot of times in, in the Christian world and everything else, we, a lot of times people wear masks and things like that, you know. Uh, let me ask you this. The same people you see on Sunday, is that the same people you see in the grocery line? I would hope so. But you know what? For this particular thing, I don't want us to use, talk about masks. I want to talk about the vest. And I want to talk about the weight of that vest sometimes. And what I mean by that, going back there, if you could picture, they're saying, I'm a drunk driver. Okay? A lot of us, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, will wear a vest day after day about guilt that things happened before. He started out, he said when he was a young pastor, he was an associate pastor, and one of the first places he went to, he didn't even get all his books in there. And the secretary came in and said, hey, do you got a minute to talk to this, this lady? And he said, sure. So he comes in. He said it was a middle-aged lady, well-dressed, everything else. She was stirring some coffee. And this is the way it went. He said, hello. She says, I've left my family. She didn't introduce herself. She didn't say anything. She says, I've left my family. And he said, well, would you like to talk about that? And he said, I didn't have to ask her twice. And she just kind of unloaded different things, the pressure of the world, the, all the different things going on. Things weren't always going right. And so she, she made some bad choices. We all make bad choices, amen. He said the thing that really amazed him about this conversation was not that she made bad choices, but that was 10 years earlier. 10 years earlier. She had been wearing that vest, so to speak, that guilt and that shame for 10 years now, the next thing she said was, 
can you give me something to do? And he said, well, ma'am, do you need money? Do you need work? And she looked at him like he was crazy. He said, no. She wanted to do something around the church so she would feel better. She wanted to, to re remove that stain or that sin and that life and that guilt because she wants, well, if I do something, then, I, then it's okay. You see where I'm going with this? Let me tell you, it's finished on the cross, amen? But she was wearing that vest of guilt and pain and suffering and all these things. Ten years. And she thought, well, you, there's got to be something I can do. I can sweep up around here. I can, I can uh, you know, I can file papers for you or whatever. And he took the time to share the gospel message of how Christ paid it all. That she no longer had to wear a vest of guilt and unforgiveness and all these things, but exchange it for the robe of righteousness that God had laid on Jesus Christ. I want to set that stage today because I know many of us can feel like that. We, and you say, well, why in the world do I feel like that? Because, you know, we talk about God's grace every time we're in here. We talk about God's perfect sacrifice every time we're in here. You know why? Because we need to hear it every time we're in here. Because I tell you over and over and over, I spend more time on the phone talking about that than anything else. I want to assure you today that God's grace is greater than your sin. And I also want to tell you this. I'm not stepping over sin. I'm pointing to the one who destroyed it. Amen. So we're going to go from there a little bit. Everybody doing all right so far? Good deal. So I want to read that again. The Lord says this. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. How's that feel? When, when, when you ask the Lord to forgive you, he says, it's paid for in full. Now, from that point, how do you, how do you walk from there? Do you still carry it around with you on your back? Do you still have that burden? Or do you move forward? Talk to the guys at work. But usually the guys at work that just got back to work and I thank God for getting me back on top and all your prayers and doing real well. But I tell you, when you go through something, there's always something to learn, isn't it? There's always something to learn. There's always something to see. And just a little side note, you know, uh, one thing, when you go back to work, probably the first day you go back to work for a full day, do not schedule physical therapy at the end of that day. But when I went and finished up work, and the guys were asking, what are you going to preach on this week? I said, I don't know. And, they, and they, know, they know my schedule. They go, you know, a little time goes by. By Wednesday, they go, hey, man, what you going to preach on? I said, I'm still listening. I'm still listening. Because I want to know. I want, it's not what Buddy has. What does God have for us today, right now? And I'm listening all the time. And when we did our uh, Bible study on Tuesday, this has really jumped off the page. Because I know that this is applicable to all of us. All of us need to see and look at how good God is. How many know sometimes you're going through something and you think you really got it bad till you look around, right? You know, I went to that physical therapy that day and I was like, man, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired, you know? Worked all day. I should reschedule this. First thing I did, I get on that bike for 10 minutes. I'm rolling. I crank it up to two. I crank it up to three. And Mr. Chapman, you're doing good. I'm like, yeah, I got to get it. Got to get it. And I look over there and there's another gentleman that's, that's walking around a little bit, hobbling around. And they put him in a little computer chair, just like at your house. And for his exercise, his exercise was to scoot his body back with his leg that had surgery. He had the same surgery as I did. And I thought, surely this man must be his first week out. Surely that uh, he just hadn't been long from under the knife. And I said, hey, buddy, how you doing? Give him a word of encouragement, right? 
I said, man, you look at Sharp over there. How you doing? I said, how long, how long has it been since your surgery? And he said, March 17th. See, I was complaining about riding that bike. I was complaining a little, a little bit of wider. Man, I'm tired. March 17th, this man could hardly move his computer chair two foot. He said, I had some setbacks. I said, well, man, you just keep on going. His leg was as big as a bowling ball. And I started thinking about things. I said, well, you know, you need to count your blessings every day. I say that. I do that. But then we can kind of drift back off, can't we? We can get into me, me, me. Look at me. It's all about me. Right? But it's not. But I'll tell you what. Every opportunity I get there, I try to share some Jesus. It doesn't matter where you're at. We can share Jesus wherever. So I encourage the guy a little bit and everything else. I tell you all this because sometimes in our life, and going into this message and stuff, we, we forget how good we've got it. That's what it's about. We keep that vest on and we forget how good we've got it. We forget how big our God is, amen? We forget that he made it right. He made it perfect. And so today, my hope is that the Lord will display himself in such a way here today that you guys say, man, I am blessed, amen? Let's take a look and see what God's got for us today. Everybody doing good? Let me hear you say amen. You got your handouts with you? Let's keep on rolling. So I want to talk about your vest. I said, check your vest. I said, if we're being honest with ourselves, what would your vest read? Now, on Sunday, it probably says, I'm wonderful, and I'm going to church, everything else. But what about long about Tuesday? Huh? What about Tuesday? What about Wednesday? What about, what about Saturday? You're with me now. What would that vest say? Would it say, hey, I'm scared. Fear. What happens if, if, what happens if God doesn't provide? What happens, what happens, you know, what about, would it say, I'm lonely? Would it say, hey, 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 I'm guilty. I'm guilty of these things. I said, you can fill in the blank. So for right now, for right, just give me 10 seconds. To think about, if there was something on, on your vest, so to speak, like we're talking here, inserting ourselves in the story, what would your vest say? Would it say forgiven? Would it say God's grace? Would it say I missed the mark? See, everybody has one thing in common right here. You have a choice. You have a choice. And you can almost tell what sometimes people have on that vest, so to speak. You meet people, and, and one of the things, uh, I, you, I, you guys know I love the military folks serving and everything. I am so grateful for that. But I work with a lot of guys that are retired. And they've been retired for a long time. But they still identify themselves with that. Not a bad thing, but everything's wrapped around that. If I ask them, I say, so, so tell me about yourself. Immediately, they're going to talk about their job, what they did, everything else. That doesn't have to be a bad thing. But a lot of times, we identify ourselves with, with what we do, not who we are. I'm a pastor. I'm a dad. That's, that's, you know, that's some things here. That's some of the things I do, but who am I? Man, I'm a born-again child of God. I'm a guy that's been saved by the grace of God. God came and got me on the side of the road and shared his love with me. So, you know, when you start looking at those things, I, I want to go deeper under that vest and say, man, who am I? What, what, is, what does my vest say? But what does my heart say? What does God's word say about who I am? Amen? Let's keep on going. How long have you been in it? The vest I'm talking about. Whatever vest that is. You know, think about that lady. Ten years. Every time she looked in the mirror, no doubt. Every time she went to the store and saw some other little kids. Every time she went to a, 
to by the school or whatever. Every time that was bringing it up, just raising those letters up on there. Instead of dealing with it or allowing God to deal with that and receiving that. Because God's already dealt with it. If we're a child of God and we come to him, he's already dealt with it. Amen. It's under the blood. So look at that. What is it that we're still dragging around? She's still, I said, I said, and still dragging it around instead of putting on the Lord's robe of righteousness. I said this here. I said, don't leave his robe of righteousness on the cross. Take it out of your closet. He said, what do you mean by that, buddy? The Lord exchanged everything so that we can have what he had. He laid it all down so we, we can have what he has. I said, the Lord exchanged our guilt stained vest for us to wear his righteous robe. Do you believe that today? Have you received that today? And I said, you know, I think there's times in our life that we receive that. We come to Christ and we say, Lord, we know that you did this. I'm asking you to come into my life and forgive me of my sin. And then we walk out the door and we don't feed on the word. And something, this thing called life starts to happen and we start to doubt. We start to wonder. Maybe we take that robe of righteousness off and put it in the closet. Put it, put it over to the side. But I want you to see who you are today. I want you to understand what God has done for you today. And I want you to wear what God has given you in your life. That righteousness, that freedom, and that peace each and every day. Amen. So I said it's time to invest in his vest. What do you mean by that? How are we clothing ourselves each day? What do you mean, buddy? I'm talking about spiritually. Do we come in and when we wake up in the morning, do you start your day with the Lord? Do you read the word of God? Do you spend some time with that? Now, I've mentioned this many times, and you guys are welcome to all this here for yourself and for others. Um, the books, the CDs, the Bible tracts, and everything else. Use those tools to build yourself up in the Lord, to strengthen yourself up in the Lord. But over and over, we don't. You know, it's, it's funny. Have you ever seen somebody, or maybe you've been that person, that don't take full advantage of the opportunity? I know people, gifted people. They can draw. They can do the really great mechanics. They can do all these things, but they don't use it. And you go, man, use that gift. Because your gift is definitely different than mine. His gift and her gift. Everybody's got that different gift. You know? I look over here and I see my buddy Donnie. I, and I, I preached a message along the line of this one time. I said, whatever that you're passionate about, use it for the glory of God. And he told me, he said, I'm a racer. Can you use that? I said, he's your kid. And on his race car, he's pointing him to Jesus. I love that. Because it's something that he loves, that God's put in his life, that he can still use to further the kingdom. What is it that God's put in your life that you can use to further the kingdom? I guarantee you it's something. It might be a smile. You might be a good listener. I'm going to tell you what. If you got a friend that is a good listener, you have been blessed. Because I know a lot of times our friends are the ones that give the advice. And, and, and we don't mind advice as long as it lines up with what we want to hear. Huh? Come on now. We like when it, when it you know, you're not thinking that same thing. Let somebody say, I don't think that's a good move. You go, what? That whole face, man, that whole face. <laughs> who do they think? Hey, who do they think they are? <laughs> I'm the same guy you asked yesterday, you know. But yeah, so those, all these things, I'm just trying to touch on that nerve, man, when it's, it's just real life. Those things right there. But I, I, I thought, man, how often we leave so much on the table, so often we don't invest back into the kingdom. 
I don't mean, just like she said, the lady said, well, what can I do? I think it's great to serve. I think everybody should serve. But we serve out of the heart because we, we love God and we understand that God loves us. We don't serve to get. We serve because we already got. You see, we don't give to get. We give because we got. There's a big difference. See, the lady had it back around backwards. And you say, well, why is that? Because everything in this world is pretty much set up that way. And then Jesus come and flipped it all around, didn't he? You know, anywhere else. You, hey, you do good, you get good, you know? Okay, you do this, and uh, and I think it's great to encourage people. Hey, you get straight A's, you get, show you the difference, five bucks. <laughs> now they'll be like, five bucks? And we're straight A's there, you know? We're talking 50, you know? But I think it's good to encourage folks. And I think that we should be rewarded as we go through stuff. But let me tell you something about grace. It rewards you on your worst day. Because God saw past all our mistakes, the vest we're wearing, the things that we did. And I want you to hear this, and the things that we will do. And we're going to get into some more scripture about that. It says, I still love you. You're still amazing. I'll take you right where you are. Everybody doing good? So take time to invest in his vest. And I mean, read the word. Come on out on Tuesday nights, different things like that. Share his word. Hand out a Bible track. Got a story on that. I'm trying not to get there too early, but I got a story on that here in just a minute. Well, let's take a look at this. I love this verse here. Psalm 103.12. He has removed our sin as far from us as the east is from the west. I said, imagine this. God sent your sin to the west and he sent you to the east, never to be counted against you again. Now, when I'm working on a message... I'm working on that message all day long. I'm working on it at night. I'm working on And I don't mean I'm sitting there with a piece of paper. I'm thinking about it. Everything I see is like, how does that go here? Well, I had a, I had a little thing I was going to do. Somebody wanted to look at a car that I had. And the guy called me and said, can, I, can you meet me at Chick-fil-A? I said, man, this is going to be a great car deal. You know, Chick-fil-A, this is great. So I went there. And uh, he had to come from Williamsburg. And I said, take the time. So I went there. And I uh, went to Chick-fil-A. And I'm sitting there. And I end up having a wonderful dinner date. I had a lady in her 80s that I've met a couple of times. She picked up her grandchildren uh, from school when Jesse was real little. And so I've talked to her a few times. She said, are you eating alone? I said, well, I was hoping you'd join me. She said, well, that's fine with me. I said, come on, can I get you anything? She already had a little Chick-fil-A sandwich. And we prayed. And we started talking about the things of the Lord. And it's so funny, the things she was sharing. I thought, wait a minute, let me write some notes down for my sermon. And we were just talking about life and she was asking about the children and stuff like this. And I told her about my leg and my operation and she was telling me about different things and all this. And she said, I'm surprised I didn't have to get my knees replaced when my kids were coming on, coming along. She said, because I spent so much time on my knees. I said, yeah, isn't that something? And she says, I think she has one girl and three boys. And she says, I have one son. I want to insert my part of the story that's still wearing this, the vest of guilt and shame and things. And she says, you know what? I have, I have pointed him to the Lord. Uh, his dad was a pastor that passed away. And prior to that, listen, man, prior to that, they weren't seeing eye to eye. And his, and his father died. So on his vest, he's got guilt. He's got shame. He's got all these things. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. And I thought, isn't this amazing that I'm preaching this message this week and she's sharing it. But she says, I constantly tell him about the love, not only of his heavenly father, but of his dad. 
I thought about this. It was some time ago. And I, I met a lady that had cared for her mother for years. To the point she didn't even hardly have a life. And when her mom got real, I might have shared this before, but it ties in here. When it got real close to the end, um, she had to have extended help and care. And uh, she had promised her mother, said, Mom, when you leave here, I will be by your side. Out of all those years and all that time, she left for 15 minutes. And her mother went home to be with the Lord. It about destroyed that lady. And I would see her from time to time and weeks would pass and I would talk to her. And finally, the Lord just gave me the boldness about this, I, you know. And I, so I asked her, she said, oh, I just can't believe, I just, I, you know, I left my mom, my mom died alone. And I said, what you, I said, I said, uh, how long did you care for your mom? She told me that, years. I said, you love your mom? I know these sounds like simple things, but sometimes we have to have somebody to realign our thinking. Yeah, I gave up everything. I, I did this, I did this. I said, I said, did your mom love you? Absolutely. I said, do you think all those years you served, gave, did, helped, sacrificed, everything else, you didn't know she was going to go to be with the Lord? I said, do you think your mom would want you to spend the rest of your time here miserable? And the light bulb went off. No. I said, well, then why don't you receive God's grace? You know that your mom's not suffering anymore, right? You know that your mom had a personal relationship with the Lord, right? I said, well, then rest in that. I can tell you from losing loved ones and all of us have, it hurts. But there's something about it when we know that they know the Lord. There's all, everything's different about that. I'll give you a perfect example. Last week was a long day, but it was a great day. Last week after church, I came home and, and put a suit on. Came back the time I got back here, they were coming in for a funeral for one of our family members. Uh, Terry Furman passed away. Young lady, 52 years old, right, Grandma? 52. Knew the Lord, loved the Lord. You know what her number one thing was about her, her celebration of life? If just one person comes to know the Lord. Just one. Use this any way you can. To reach somebody for Jesus. It wasn't about all what she's done. But she did some amazing things. It wasn't about it being a great mom. What she was. All those things. Her heart was this. I want them to know Jesus. I got to tell you something else. This is amazing. Now her husband I guess would be my uncle-in-law. We were putting some things up here. And we're putting all the pictures up over here. And so I had this cross here. And I was moving it for just one second. I moved it over here, and I was putting it back here. And Tracy grabbed me. He said, hey. I said, yeah, bud. He said, don't you dare move that. I said, I'm going to put it back. He said, yeah. He said, because if it was not for this, we'd have nothing. Wow. Now, that's the type of legacy I want to leave. That's the type. And let me tell you, that air conditioner was huffing and puffing. There were so many people in here. People were over here looking through the crack like this. So many people. Kids sitting all down on the floor. Hungry to hear the message. Man, I thought, Lord, why isn't it like that every week? 
Why do we have to miss something or lose something so precious before we look up? Amen. Today, look up from where you are. That right there. My whole week, I kept going back and thinking. I say this about every time I preach a funeral. I say, you know, you really preach a funeral before you get there. And you say, what do you mean? The lives that you touched, the things that you've done, the things that you invested in, everything else. You, you, you can tell when somebody has, has invested in other people and, and things like that. You can tell right off. You know? But there's something about knowing that you know that your vest has become his robe of righteousness. Amen. I pray that we're wearing that today. I, you know, I wrote a few things down here. I said, we need to vest up with Jesus. I said, do you see Jesus as your life savior? Not just a lifesaver, but a life savior. See, if he's a lifesaver, that's great. That gets you back on the boat and in your mind. But do you walk with him every day? I want you to walk with him every day. In the midst of everything. Just keep walking. Keep on going. Everybody doing all right? Good, good. Unforsaken. And I apologize. This is a little small. But I couldn't figure out how to make them big. <laughs> I just tell you, that's how it is. I said, look at this. I said, now, now forsaken means deserted, helpless, or abandoned. I said, that sounds pretty hopeless, right? I said, so if, if we're looking at we are unforsaken, right? That would mean never deserted, never helpless, never abandoned. See, God replaces hopelessness with the hope of himself in Christ. That's the whole story right there. That's the whole thing. Let me give you some more scriptures just to, to look at how, how awesome God is and how much he loves us. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. I'm talking about our enemies. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you feel like that? When, when things are coming against you, do you think about that? Do you see how many, how many enemies are out there? Or do you see the size of your God behind you and beside you and in front of you? See, that's what we have to focus on when things... Because anybody have some tough times? They're coming. You say, oh, well, that's a really nice message. Why do you have to throw that in there? Because that's the truth. But you know what? You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fear. You don't have to just get like that. What happens with fear? You start getting paralyzed. When I get something on my mind, get something really working on me, and I'm pretty boisterous, I guess, you won't hear me say much. People that know me to go, what's wrong? That doesn't happen too often. But, but if I don't say much, something's clicking. And that's not a bad thing all the time. But I got some great friends that refuse to leave me there. They go, hey, man. And you know what they do? You got to love them. Remember what you preached on last week? I go, yeah. Yeah, because I'm running through my life first. And they remind me, aren't you glad you got friends like that? Aren't you glad you got friends that love you and tell you the truth, even if you don't really want to hear it? But you know it's true because they've been with you the whole time. Now, if you got a friend like that, you've been blessed. You really have. And here's the other thing. When they give you counsel, make sure it lines up with God's word. Amen. They can, they can have good intentions, but if they want the best for you and they're a believer, they're going to line it up with God's word. Always line up. The information with God's word. Amen. Can't go wrong with that. But a lot of times we just, this world is operated in fear. And that's not from God. Deuteronomy 31, 8 says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will what? Never leave you nor forsake you. Again, it says, 
Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Anybody been to the mall lately? Somebody like that go shopping? I'm a people watcher. I'm not a weirdo. I'm just a people watcher. You know, I watch it. You know, I can't believe she talked to her mom like that. I can't believe that. I can't, you know, so you just look at that and go, wow, isn't that nice? You know, not, not all of it's bad, but sometimes you just wonder, what in, the world, what in the world makes people tick? What are they, what is the foundation of their relationship? What in the world, you know, you think about what? And, I, and here's the one, if I would have said that, you know, I would have been gumming beans for the rest of my days. <laughs> I'm telling you, it would not have been good, you know? I know. This just popped in my mind, I'll just be honest with you. I remember I was hanging out with some kids that were a little wild one time. And my dad came home. And he was going to adjust the railroad tracks a little bit. And I don't know how this came out of my mouth. And I'm not sure what happened right after that. <laughs> he said something. And I said this little two-letter word. So? <clears throat> Woo! That's about all I heard. <laughs> I heard him say, what? And I heard my mom screaming. Or maybe it was me. I don't know. But I know I never said so anymore. I thought, how did that come out of my mouth? I never talked to my parents like that. But see, I had been around some other folks a while. And you don't realize what you start picking up. Right? You don't realize that. You don't realize some of the negative attitudes you might get from the folks at work. I know that don't happen at y'all's work. Everything's lovey-dovey, right? I need a job with y'all. No, <laughs> but some, if you're not careful, the very thing you're standing against, you'll be standing in. You know, think about that sometimes. And, and you know, it, it's funny. I'll tell you, I was, I was off work for 30 days. I was off work for a month. And I came back, and one of the guys I work with is a really positive guy. And when I got back, he said, you can have the supervisor job back. I don't want it no more. I was like, yeah, ain't that funny? See, because for but it was like, you know, and I'm pretty laid back. He said, man, you keep everything kind of smooth. <laughs> I said, yeah, look at my back. You know, <laughs> you're dealing with a lot of stuff like But see, when he had a different set of shoes on, things looked a little different. No doubt he could handle the job. He did a great job. He had done it for years. But he had done this a long time ago. And, he, and he's getting a little up close to retirement. He goes, I don't want no parts of that no more. Don't want no parts of that. Because he said, if I just take care of me and do what I got to do, anything else is on everybody else. But how many know, if you're the boss, they come to you if something's wrong, unless you're president. You can feel that in there. I don't know how that works. But anyway, we'll leave that one alone. But isn't that something when you're in charge, everything is like, hey, it's you. Anywhere else in the world is. But so many times that fear will creep in, that Negativity will creep in. Guard your heart. Guard your eyes. Guard your mouth. Let's keep on rolling. Joshua 1 5 says this No one will be able to stand up against you, you all the day, against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Can you imagine when they're doing the changing of the ship? Moses goes off and said, Hey, you can't come in the promised land. And Joshua goes in. He goes, Man, them are some big shoes. Woo! You better believe. You better be trusting God. But God's more than enough, isn't he? He's more than enough. And think about that. We have the Holy Spirit living in us every minute of the day as believers in Christ. 
to guide us. Let's take a look at this, Isaiah 42, 16. And I apologize for the small font again. It says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Those are just a few scriptures when I was going through and pulling out some of the things. And I thought, man, isn't that amazing? I said, we may leave God, but he never leaves us. No matter how bleak the situation, no matter how empty the feelings come. God will never leave you. His promises are true. His word is above all. I said, we can move forward because he goes before us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. So many times we want to do the right thing and so many times we do the wrong thing. Get back up. Focus your eyes on the Lord. I said, you know, I was looking at him. I said, you know what? We're never alone. I remember when my grandfather died and that's the first death I ever dealt with. I was about 13, 14 years old. And I would go stay with my grandma for a week or two in the summer. Now, you would think when you go stay with your grandma for a week or two in the summer, she'd be baking cakes and doing this and having little pinwheels. My grandma had a work list. When I got there, it was like, hey, now she treated me good, and I love my grandma. I'll tell you what. Spoiled her rotten. I can say this. I was a favorite. I was. Now, my sister would say she was, but that's all. When I was with her, I felt like I was the favorite. You know what I mean? When my sister was with her, she made her feel like But what I learned about this was... She said, you know what, honey? I we would lay in bed. She wanted to go to bed early. And I'd lay in my bedroom, and she'd be over there. And she only had a little two-bedroom house. And she always called me Buddy Lee. You know what, Buddy Lee? It sure is lonely when you're not here. It sure is lonely. Loneliness is a terrible disease, isn't it? Who is it that you know that maybe you can give a call or encourage, take out to eat something? I don't know what it is. But I tell you what. When I would spend a little bit of time with her, it made all the difference in the world. Woo! Time would go by. I was 14. Went on a little bit further. Went on a little bit further. When I got 18, I always liked cars. I've had a lot of cars. Most of the cars I had ain't been worth much. But I've had a lot of cars. I got me a conversion van with a color TV in it. And I guess what I did? Once a month, I would go and take my grandma out on the town. And she must have started dialing all her friends by about Thursday. But at least coming up here to take me to dinner. But at least, but, 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 man, I'm just, but, 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 Man, the time I got there, I was waiting. It was almost like Mayberry. You know, I'm like, what's going on? Well, I told him you were coming. But she had been so lonely and been waiting and all those things. Just to go out, go out and get a crab cake sandwich. You think she, had a, she was the richest woman in the world? And I, I, I think about that over and over and over I know when I was out, when somebody would give me a call, stop by or anything like that, send a car, it makes all the difference in the world. Again, investing back in that robe of righteousness. God will have us encourage the body of Christ, amen? Whether it's your blood family, church family, or, or whoever, I believe God wants us to never forsake people and reach out to them. All right, we're going to pick up speed here. Everybody doing good, right? Getting where we want to go. Flawless. I see when God sees you, he sees his son, not your sin. And I want to read this here. I said, I'm not discounting our sin. I'm not discounting our sin. It's terrible. I'll tell you how bad it is. It sent God's son on that cross to be beaten and spit on and all those things we read about. So that you and I could be set free. 
his love trumped it all. He left nothing undone. You ever had somebody do a job for you? And you say, hey, I need you to do A, B, and C, and D. And it'll be this much money. No problem. And you go look at it, you get ready to pay, and A and B look good, but C's a little shaky, and D, never, they never even thought about that, and they'll come back next week, and maybe they will, maybe they won't. Leaving things undone. You know? I tell you what, one of the things I try to do with my boys when they come around is I want to treat, teach them how to work. I don't mean they got to swing a hammer or anything else. I want them to, to, to do what I say. Because I love you. The guy you're working for, he probably don't love you. Maybe he does, maybe he don't. And, and, and do what you say. And if you do anything over that, make sure you get clearance. Thomas worked with us out at NASA for five different years. And he came and worked in our building for two years, uh, summertime. And I said, listen. He didn't work for me, he worked for my boss. And I said, if they give you a job, you do exactly what they say. No less, no more. If there's something else you see, you ask them before you move forward. Why? Because if they tell you to paint this, and you paint this, and you say, well, I'll just go ahead and paint that. That might be a million dollar piece of a model right there that does not have that type of paint on it, or something like that. So it's not that you be saying, do what you say you're going to do. If you do what you say you're going to do at the time you say you're going to do it, you're going to be all right. So that's, that's how we got to do How many times people just don't follow through? Anybody had any work done on their house lately? Anything like that? Is it hard to find somebody to do that? Most of the time for me, it seems like it is. I know a lot of people that do a lot of things and a lot of guys do some work. If they just do what they say they're going to do, you're tickled. Well, he said he'd be here at 8, and he was here at 8. And he said he would paint three rooms, and it looks good, and he left, and he said with this. Wow, guess what? You're going to be over the coast of 411 saying, yeah, go to Joe Blow's uh, painting situation. He's the best. Which really, he just did what he said he was going to do. Right? So now here's the thing. In our walk with the Lord, are we doing what we say we're going to do? If we say we're going to be there, we're going to do that. If we say we're going to do that. When I tell somebody I'm going to pray for them, I say, can I pray for you right now? I want to pray for you right now because I don't want to forget about it. I, my mind and my heart is I want to pray for you. So I'm going to pray for you right there, right there. We'll jump back to the story. Remember I told you I was at the, with the lady at Chick-fil-A. The people come and look at my car. This is, I love this. I'm talking to the lady and everything. And I said, well, y'all want to drive the car? She said, yeah. She said, you want the keys to my car? I said, no, I'm all right. I got a milkshake in there. I'm good. <laughs> drive on. And uh, we got to talking. And you know it doesn't take, what, about 30 seconds before I'm talking about Jesus, right? And she said, she went like this. She had a little pocketbook on. She goes, well, I got my Bible tracks right in here. You was getting ready to get one. She was ready. She was armed with the word, boy. I don't care to get the car or not. Guess what? They prayed over my leg. They prayed over our church family. Had a whole stack of Bible, Bible verses and everything, uh, uh, Bible tracks. I was like, man. And you know what was funny? I kept saying, man, you guys look familiar. She said, honey, it's just because we're in the same family. And it's some fresh breath, man. So, so my, my uh, Friday night was great. Denise said, well, what's going on? I said, I had a dinner date with the, with the 81-year-old young lady. I had two people pray for me in the church and our family and everything else. And she said, did they, did they want the car? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I guess they'll call if they do. You know, whatever. 
I'm not even thinking about it anymore. Isn't that something? Because I want you to see this here. In God's flawless plan for our life, he is working through us and working through others all the time. All the time. I love coming here on Sundays and Tuesdays. But I'm going to tell you what. Church is more than a building. You know that. It's every day, everywhere, every way. It's on your job site. It's, on, it's when you're cutting grass and somebody wants directions. Everything else. Me and Jesse love to go out to eat. I would love to go out to eat regardless. And uh, since we didn't go to our Chili's dad night on Friday, we went on Saturday. When I got there, the guy, we sit over in the bar area because you get better service over there. They just reach because somebody's walking by all the time. You can grab an extra chip when they go by. But I talked to a few people. And there's a little bartender with his hair sticking straight up like that. He goes, hey, dude. I go, hey, what's up? He goes, I didn't see you last night. I'm glad to see you today. And he goes over, he goes, I told my mom about you. I said, you did? He said, yeah. I, I said, you were talking about how God is working in your life and how your leg's doing good. My mom's going in Monday. I said, we're going to pray about that. He said, who was your doctor? I told him all that. But then I pointed him back to Jesus. See, those little times like that in the midst of everyday life. I'll probably weigh 500 pounds, but you know what? I'll leave about three people to the Lord. That'll be all right. <laughs> but I'm just saying, whether it's at a restaurant, whether it's on your job or whatever. But people are watching. What do they see? What type of vest are you wearing? Is it one that reflects the Lord? Let's keep on going. So I go in here and say, today, will you trust him? And when we receive his truth, not just hear it, but walk in it. Man, it's a big difference. I said, will you strive to live out your time here in a power, might, and joy of peace? Or will you believe the lies of the enemy that capture your dreams and hold them hostage for the rest of your life? I can tell you, if I believed every little whisper of the devil, I wouldn't even go out of the house. Oh, you ain't going to be no preacher. You can't play no guitar. You can't, you can't, you can't. The enemy will always tell you what you can't do. God's word will already tell, always tell you what you can do and what God's already done for you. You say, yeah, but I got this type of past. When God saved you, he knew your past. He knows your present and he knows your future. And he's got a good future for you, amen? Will there be some bumps and bruises and setbacks along the way? Amen, there will. But keep getting up. Keep going. See yourself as God sees you. Flawless through the mighty sacrifice of Christ. I read this statement the other day and I said, I, I just like that. Will you serve the world God created or serve the God who created, created this world? It's going to be one or two, one of the two. It's going to be, oh, I got to get it, got to get it, got to get it, got to get it. Or will it be, I've already got it. Lord, what do you have me to do? What do you have me to do, Lord? How can God use you? I, I, I love sharing a message to tell you about how much God will use you. Because I see him use you in my life all the time. Setting up stuff, picking up stuff, bringing stuff, doing this, phone call, praying, encouraging. Stop by the house. I love it. Man. Isn't that good? Isn't that good to have a family like that? Isn't that good to, to, to have people check in and, and do things and pray for you? And, and all those things, because why? Because they love you. Because they see your value. The biggest thing, a lot of times, we don't see our value. But you know what? I pray today, through the lens of the Lord, you see just how flawless you are. Perfect. Perfect. It is finished. Let's keep on going here. Let's go back to our verse again. I... I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember them anymore. I said, I want to encourage you to live 
live this life without a, without a vest, but with his robe on, with his unforsaken love for you flowing into everything you do. I said, count your blessings, then be a blessing to others. I said, just think of someone you can bless. That lady that ate dinner with me the other night has no idea how much that was meant to me. Something simple. She didn't even buy it. She didn't do anything. You know what she told me? She said, go out there and sell that car, honey, because I, I can clean up this. I said, no, ma'am, I'll get a seat. Get out there. She cleaned the table up. She took care of everything. And when I come back in, poof, she was gone. But we talked about all types of stuff. We talked about family. We talked about the Lord. We talked about the perfect sacrifice of God. And I'll say this. We focused on the flawlessness of who God has made us to be, who's allowed us to be. I pray that you do that today. I pray that we focus on the goodness of God, on the, the perfect sacrifice of Christ. You know, we covered a lot of ground today. We, we covered a lot of ground. And if there's nothing else you take away here today, I pray that you can just picture yourself with that robe of righteousness on it, with flawless written on it. Because as you see yourself, that's how you're going to respond. You ever notice that? I didn't date a lot of girls, but the few girls that I dated, there were some that were very pretty, and they knew they were very pretty. I didn't spend much time hanging out with them. And there were some that were pretty, they didn't know they're pretty, and you spend so much time, I said, man, you're beautiful. And they go, well, how do you see yourself? You know? That's always amazed me, you know? If somebody says I was, I was handsome, I'd be like, man, what, let me get the prescription you got, you know? Isn't it amazing when somebody loves you for you, they see all the good. They see all the good. And it's not that they don't see the bad, but what they see in the good is so much more than what's, what's the ugly, the bad, and the things like that. I believe those are the times that God gives us a glimpse how he sees us. Just a glimpse. Because when God looks at us, he sees us perfect. He sees us through the perfect sacrifice of Christ. We make it hard. He made it simple. He did the hard work. We just got to believe. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for today and I thank you for all you do, Lord. I thank you for the, the amazing life that we have in you. I thank you for each one here that gives, that goes, that serves, that helps, that prays. Lord, you are more than enough. And I pray through our message today, Lord, that they see and we see that we are flawless in you. Someone might be sitting here today and say, I don't feel flawless. I got a list as long as my leg where I met Mr. Mark. Well, you're in the right place because we all have that list. The problem is, are you going to continue to read the list, carry the list with you, put it in your pocket every day and put it out and go over it? Or will you look at the list of what God says? It is finished. What does he say? I love that verse. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins anymore. That's the power of God's love. That's the power of God's sacrifice. And if you want to be a part of that, all you got to do is trust him. You say, how do I do that, buddy? The Bible says that we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. The Bible also says it's by grace you say it through faith, not that of yourself, but it's a gift of God. 
I pray today that you receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ by saying, Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. Today I'm trusting you. Your word says that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you, Lord, today for all you've done and all you continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, give the Lord a hand clap. Absolutely.